Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode 80. In today's episode, we're going to have a fun conversation that is going to make you slightly uncomfortable if you typically fear talking about SEX. Okay, I brought on a special guest. Her name is Casey White. She's a busy mom, a wife, an educator, and she's a parenting coach. She has been in education for the past 13 years and has a wide range of subject area expertise. She has taught pre-K through college level courses and has trained teachers and parents. Well, Casey runs her own business now, supporting parents and caregivers one-on-one and in small groups to help them feel comfortable and confident when talking to their children about subjects such as sex, their bodies, and relationships. She offers coaching, she offers workshops, she has an ebook, and other free resources for parents. And today, we're going to be talking very candidly about how she talks about sex on social media and to her kids. This is going to be fun, but maybe slightly uncomfortable. However, I do feel like this conversation is a great one to have because many of us are parents. And when we're thinking about raising confident children, what better way than to expose them and to educate them on things that we were not so confident about when it came to our childhood? Now I have a quick question. Are you a patron? I ask because those of you that are patrons, especially on the friend, angel, or VIP level, you get access to the full, uncut, unedited interview with Casey. However, if you're not, today would be a great day to make sure you become a patron. And when you do, not only do you get to see all video podcasts, but you're supporting this show. And there are so many amazing perks that come along with being a patron, like special opportunities to work with me, along with behind the scene videos of how I run this podcast and my business. All right, well, now that we've got that out of the way, Let's get into this episode. I um, My goal is to be able to use this conversation to empower the moms that are listening to take this conversation um, about sex education with their kids seriously. And um, as someone who was talking about this on my Instagram stories, one of my um my my content confident members which is a program that i run she had mentioned your page to me and i was like oh this is so perfect because i'm literally trying to figure out like how i'm going to have this conversation with my child who's about to be 10 years old and my daughter who's about to be 8 um and i wasn't exactly sure how much is too much and what is a good a- approach to have with it so when I was able to find your page. I've been spending a lot of time like looking through your stuff and just getting more advice and support. So you have been very, very helpful to me. And I know I don't I can't say for all black families, but I know the the close amount of people that I do know, this is not a conversation that our parents had with us. And we're not really good at having that conversation. But I find myself to be slightly different in that when I was in middle school, I had a job as a sex education counselor. And the role was basically myself along with other middle schoolers and high schoolers would learn 
about sex uh, abstinence, sexual um, tra- sexually transmitted diseases. We would learn about consent. We would learn about um, using contraceptives. And the role that we played was go and speak to others in your age group about this because they'll connect with you better. So this was when I was like 14. I'm 36 now. So that was like 22 years ago. But that that role really just opened me up and... I don't want I want to say desensitized me to sexual conversations, but it's not that it desensitized me and I'm like, oh, I know everything about sex. I'm loose. I'm out there. It was more like I'm very comfortable talking about it in a way that people are so uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm like, what's enough? Maybe I might go a little too deep with my kids. <laughs> Maybe I won't. Who knows? So anyway, I'm really excited about this conversation. And for those of you listening today, I want to make sure that you fully understand exactly who Casey is. And I'm really happy to have her on the show to have this conversation with us because sexual education is really important. And as moms who have children, young young toddlers growing up, there are definitely things that we can do no matter what the age is to help our children be prepared for the world out there. And avoiding the conversation, I already know is not the answer. It's not the answer. So I want to make sure that you all are prepared for these types of talks with your children. And so Casey is here to support us in this conversation today. So Casey, I'm so happy to have you. And I would love for you to tell all of us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do. Sure. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. This is great. Um, So my name is Casey Weick, and I am a sex educator, I am a parent, and I'm a parenting coach. Um, I was in education for about 12 years in public and private education. I taught everything pre-K through middle school. I've taught college courses. So I've I've taught tons of things. I've taught educators. So Awesome. (laughs) I used to be a teacher, too. I taught second and third grade special ed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So majority of my years was spent working with middle school students. Mm. Um, So (laughs) I'm I'm familiar with that age group, very familiar. And I did have some time where I I taught sex education in the public school setting to those middle schoolers. And then when I had my own kids, I was like, you know, I'm really wanting to be home with them more and feeling that pull to be home. But I didn't want to stop teaching. I love teaching. I went to school, you know, I have a master's degree in education. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. go to school to just not teach. So, um, you know, was spinning my wheels. And then this conversation of sex education came up in several different settings with friends and colleagues and, um, you know, different people I was working with. And I was like, well, I can talk about this. I'm comfortable talking about this. You know what, this, there is a really big need. And so I started researching and digging in and I'm like, no, this, this is a great way that I can use my gifts to teach and to work with people. um, But then get the family time too, that I so desperately want. So thankfully my husband is working and I am able to stay home with my, you know, like I said, I had toddlers. Um, But then this way too, I, I get to um, impact others and, and use my gifts. So that's really exciting to me. And um, like you were saying, you didn't grow up with this information. I didn't either. And thinking back and then and working with kids, when I would say to them in public school, like, oh, that's a great question. You definitely have to ask your parents because I was limited by what I could say. And they're like, no right. way. And I'm like, I know, I know. I never wanted to ask mine either. And so starting um, with families and starting with the parents 
and helping them pass that information down to their kids makes these conversations easier so that they don't get to middle school, high school, and they're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, you know, I can't ask questions. So um, helps kids feel more comfortable. And so that's, that's my mission is to help families, to help parents, to raise their kids in a culture where this can be normal conversation. So I love that. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's such a scary topic. I know that you, that those of you listening are like, talk about sex with my kids. Ah, I'll pass. But I love that your mission is to help the parents get to that place where they feel comfortable. And um, what made you decide that you were going to have these conversations on Instagram? <laughs> Well, I didn't know anybody who was talking about it. I would talk to my friends, you know, like I said, or I'd talk to people I was working with. But, um, you know, and now I know of people. But at the time, I didn't know of anybody that was out there just just saying, you know, things, strategies, tips, right. ideas, and, and just saying, like, let's talk about sex. It's important. <laughs> um, because, you know, growing up, it was like we couldn't even say the word. It, like, you, you didn't say the word sex ever. <laughs> so I was like, I have a bold personality. I am not afraid. Like, let's just go for it. So I figured why not? Because there are tons of moms on Instagram and mm-hmm. I get lots of great advice from Instagram. So why not? Yeah. Most of us get a lot of information on Instagram, but I am, like you said, you didn't know anybody that was talking about it before you. I don't know of anyone who's having this conversation about how to talk to your kids about sex on Instagram, Um, Facebook. I've been on these platforms like what feels like my whole life and I've never come across anyone talking about these things. So you are definitely in a small niche community. And of course, as someone, you're probably in the community, so you probably know a lot of people that are talking about it now. But for me, I've never met anyone having these conversations ever. So I'm sure that for my listeners here on the Look on the Bright Side podcast, you're probably the first person that they are ever going to come across who's talking to us parents about how to talk to our children about sex. So I'm really, really excited to have you on. And I'm excited that you made the decision to take it to Instagram, um, you know, because I probably would have not found you. And I could understand, like, there's probably a lot more people who feel comfortable on a blog, right? Or maybe on a YouTube channel, or maybe even on a podcast, but you're on Instagram talking about these things in a really fun way, which is what I really like. It's a really engaging way. And you've done a good job with getting the information out and making it feel like it's something we can do. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be so serious. And so like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't. gone are the days of the, gone are the days of the, like the, the talk, you know, like right. the, the parents bringing in the book and uh, like opening the book and having this hour too long conversation, like gone are those days. That method is not effective. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're a teacher, you know, in the past, so you get it. Like kids don't learn when you just lecture for, you know, hours at a time. And in sex and sexuality, it's all part of who we are from the time Mm -hmm. we are born until, you know, from womb to tomb. So it is a huge part of our life, but our culture has made it this like secret and taboo thing. And I feel like it is time to just say like, no, this it's part of us. It's important. And it's going to be part of our life, you know, basically for our entire life. So why shy away from it and be scared of it? We can have fun with it. We can laugh. About, I mean, some things are funny. Yeah. <laughs> we, can't, we can't be too serious. Yeah, um, for sure. It's important. It's so important that our kids know 
about these things so that they can make good choices so that they, you know, um, can advocate for their wants and needs and desires and things like that. And, and I just want to raise my children that way. And I want to help others to do the same. So let's talk a little bit about what are some of the most common myths about having the sex talk. I just heard you say that, you know, gone are the days of just having the talk. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about like this whole having the conversation. What are some myths people you you see a lot? Right. Well, that's, so that's one of them waiting mm-hmm. um, for the certain time and having this big sit down talk. So really research is showing that having small little talks over our kids' life is way more effective. And if you think about it, like anything, you know, with reading, we don't just sit down and teach them one time. Okay. Here's the whole alphabet. Here's all the letter sounds <laughs> and, and punctuation and grammar. Right. And here's how you read, you know, whatever. We don't do that. And, and sex education should be the same way. So we have to break it down into tiny little bite-sized pieces for our kids and revisit a lot of these concepts so that they really understand them and that we can build on them over time. Um, Another one of the biggest myths that I hear is that like, oh my goodness, if I talk about this, I am giving my kids permission. Like I'm taking yes. away their innocence, like I'm giving them permission. They're going to want to go out and just do it. Um, and so I'm here to say the research actually shows the opposite. Yay. <laughs> so say so that again. Research, so parents think that if they talk, they give permission, but the research shows the opposite research. Cause I'll tell you what the research shows. Mm-hmm. Research shows that parents who talk consistently regularly with their kids and teens about sex their kids are more likely to wait longer to engage in sexual activity are more likely to um, use protection such as condoms when they do or birth control and are less likely to engage in other risky behaviors like drugs and alcohol so yay actually having sex talks with our kids have huge benefits for them when in our minds we're like ah no but it, but it has a great, great impact and benefit on your kids. If you're giving them this connection and conversation on a regular basis and they know they can come to you. So, so, so important. That's really good. I will say that as a teen, not knowing enough about it is what piqued my curiosity to go out and learn about it in -hmm. real time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In real time or Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. internet, right? So like kids are turning to, you know, I want to experience that, or I'm going to go look for it, or I'm going to find the answer. So if you are not positioning yourself as a parent in that role that someone they can come to, they're going to find the information. They're going right. to, you know, kids are always going to be curious. We, I mean, every listener, I'm sure remembers feeling curious about sex. It's a natural, normal, you know, human thing. So for us to be curious about it is normal, but having an appropriate outlet and person, like an adult, a parent, caregiver to go to is right. huge huge. Yeah. So, um, what are those little, what are some examples of talking about it a little bit over time? Yeah. Okay. So you can start from the time your kids are itty bitty and I'm, and I know this will surprise some parents, but you are helping them develop their sexuality and intimacy center in their brain from the first minute you give them a hug. So you are modeling to them what healthy relationships look like, what love looks like, and all of these things and all of these messages you send them over time. So um, when they are little, even you know before they can talk, you can start using correct anatomical terms. So instead of saying like PP or hoo-ha, or you know, these like silly <laughs> little names that we give, that sends the message that either there's something wrong with that part of the body or they can't talk about it. Um, so just 
when parents have young children, when they're teaching head, shoulders, knees, and toes, yeah. let's teach them the real body parts. So that's right. one way. I just want to jump in on that one because my mom was so, I don't know what the word is, but I don't know, like mortified maybe or just like so uncomfortable. Maybe it's uncomfortable. My mom was so uncomfortable when my daughter and son used their anatomical names of their body parts. Um because she grew up in a time where we don't say those things. And when my children, I remember my daughter, I think my mom was cleaning her and she was like, that hurts my vagina or something like that. My mom was like so uncomfortable hearing that word out of a little girl's mouth. And she was like, oh my God, these kids. And I was like, well, that's what they are called. That's what the body part is called. So I totally can understand that one. I didn't realize I was necessarily preparing them for positive sex talk and understanding by doing that. I just didn't want my kids to ever be in a situation. I think I might have read something somewhere and I don't know what it was, but I think I I never wanted my kids to be in a situation where someone someone was telling them the name for it and using a name that was more um like fun and squishy and then they wouldn't think that it was as serious as it was when it comes to like you know personal space and touch and things like that so I didn't want them to like learn it in a different way from someone else yeah yeah for sure and I mean I can totally relate my son has been potty training and my mother-in-law was watching him the other day and bad on me I forgot to tell her that we, we were using correct you know terms and so she, she couldn't tell me the story when I came home from dinner. She was like, and then he said this thing and I'm like, I don't know. And she was like stumbling over her words. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did he just say like, can you help me push my penis now? And she was like, ah, that's what he said. I'm like, well, it's true. You know, he's potty training. Um, and so then I was like, I'm sorry. I should have let you know. Like we are using the terms and um, I think it's really important, whatever. And then she was like, okay, but same thing. Like she wasn't raised that way. It's not normal to hear for her to hear a child saying, you know, saying that. And it was so funny. I just laughed. I'm like, sorry, um, sorry, not sorry. But the, another thing too, just with using names and I'll just throw it out there is that that's one of the best ways we can keep our kids safe from potential, um, right. you know, predators. sexual predators. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, there's no foolproof method. But if I can do my best to help give my kids the best chance of being able to say no and know, you know, be confident in their bodies and know the parts, knowing the names is huge because sexual predators are looking for easy targets of kids that don't talk openly with their parents about these things, don't know the names of their body parts, you know, are nervous to tell someone if someone touches on that kind of thing. And so we talk about all of that now with my young children so that they grow up knowing that you know, their body is their own and they have that autonomy and, you know, no one should be touching them. And to have that open dialogue just from the very start is huge. Starting with body parts, teaching consent, and then like consent doesn't have to be just about sex. I think people kind of sometimes have that confused, but like giving your child the choice of whether you give them a hug or a kiss goodnight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't want to be touched and it's their body and they, they should have that choice, right? And respecting, showing them that respect Um, that happens a lot, like around the holidays or birthdays with family, you know, come give grandma a hug or come give grandpa a kiss. And they are like, I don't want to. And so respecting that boundary, they can still respect that adult by waving or saying hello, you know, acknowledging, but they don't have to have that physical contact if they don't want. Um, 
And then talking about, I mean, kids, a lot of times toddlers and young children are super curious about babies, you know, like pointing out when someone is pregnant or putting a stuffed animal in their shirt to pretend they are pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so acknowledging that and talking about, yeah, you know how a baby comes out when it's done growing and talking about the birthing process to normalize these things. Yeah. Um, I mean, even today, my daughter asked me how a baby gets in there. She was like, so adamant. She's almost four. What did you say? What did you say, Casey? What did you (laughs) say? So I clarified first because I wanted to know if that was really her question. Because sometimes with the younger kids, they just ask it and then we respond. And then you're like, oh, that's not really what they meant. Um, Right? Like, where am I from? Well, they mean geography, not sex. Like, you you have to kind of clarify. Um, and so I said, are you talking about how a baby is made? And she kind of was like, ah. and I said, well, remember there's two parts to make a baby. You need a sperm and an egg. And she said, okay, but how does it get in there? And I said, mm-hmm. well, moms already have eggs. And then the sperm comes from the dad. So again, I didn't give her the full picture. And then I said, does that answer your question? She goes, oh, okay. So the two parts and then there's baby. And then she wants to know about something else. So I just give her little bits at a time and see if that satisfies her curiosity. But I also truly believe if the child is asking the question, they deserve an answer, an honest answer. Um, And and again, the more normal, like this was just driving in the car. Like this wasn't like a sit down conversation. It lasted about 30 seconds. Um, And and that, you know, satisfied her curiosity in the moment. And we will go back to it. I, I read books with my kids. I mean, what makes the baby? I don't know if you have this book or you've heard oh, of this yes. book. Oh, yes. I've not, I've not heard of that. Some. So Corey Silverberg is the author, What Makes the Baby, one of my favorites. And I'm already reading it with my kids. It talks about, you know, okay. the sperm and an egg and there's different ways. Can we see happens. some of the pictures for yeah, those who bet. are watching yep. on Patreon so we can see yep. what it looks like? Oh. <laughs> okay. So it's it's um, very inclusive. Like, is that yellow one a woman with the hole? Is that what that is? Um, this, well, it just says not all bodies have sperm. Some do and some don't. Okay, so okay. this is a body with a sperm and this is a body with an egg. Oh. That, the blue one, it's, it's kind of hard to see, but it's an egg. Um, okay. So it talks about like a sperm and an egg. It, it's really cute because it asks um, kids to think like this page says, who helped bring the sperm and the egg together that made you? Because there's lots of different families out there, right? Yeah. And so um, this book is, like I said, super inclusive and very, um, just, it, it goes into like vaginal birth, C-section birth, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just helps kids like understand the process of a baby growing because mm-hmm. it's a normal, natural thing. And it's great for them to know about instead of be like feeling shame about it or worrying about it. Just knowing that, yep, this happens every day, all day long, you know, like yeah. all over the world. Um, like this page, who was waiting for you to be born mm. and helping them understand that like family dynamics are different. And, you know, maybe that's a chance for you to talk about like your grandma and grandpa were excited that you were born or, you know, I have friends that use egg donors and things like that. And it gives them a chance to have those conversations with their kids. Um, so it's not some big surprise later. Yeah, I really like that. I think, thank you for sharing that book. I'll drop the link for that in the show notes, everyone, so you can see what that is if you want to get it or if you want to rent it, you can see if your library has it. I'm definitely going to look for that. My daughter and mainly my daughter, she has asked questions about 
babies and things like that. How do they get out? And I was honest with her. And I did tell her like anatomically how it happened. I told her that sometimes babies do get cut out of the stomach and it's very painful and it hurts, but they have to get out. Sometimes they have to get out that way. And I've also told her that, but most of the time, you know, the baby comes out of your vagina. And I remember her being like, but how? (laughs) And I was just trying to figure out like, how do I answer this question? Because obviously, well, I would say not obviously. For my daughter, I've done, and for my son, I've done a pretty good job, in my opinion, with helping them understand what not only anatomic what the anatomical name is, but like what are some of the features of it and what they do. So she knows the parts of her vulva and he knows the different parts of his penis. And so I was like, yeah, that hole. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And, and she was like, that must hurt. And I was like, oh, yes, it does. Um, so, you know, we had that conversation and it wasn't like so crazy. I just wanted to not oversay kind of what you were saying is what are they really asking, you know? And so I, I wasn't really sure. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't have that advice until just now, but I will do that in the future is what are they really asking before we just start mumbling and stuttering over our thoughts and discomfort and nerves. Uh, I will definitely be thinking about what is it she's really asking and maybe ask her for more clarity. Like, what do you mean? So she can kind of give me more information. Yeah, asking those questions, like, what do you mean? Or where did you hear that? That's such an, and acknowledging too, like, that's such an interesting question. Or that's such a great question. Mm -hmm. So that they know that you're not like, where did you hear that? You know, you don't want to come off as like accusing them as if it's wrong. You can start with, you know, maybe you come up with a phrase that you always use, like, that's such a really, you know, really great question. And then it gives you a second to like, think, and you can say, where did you hear that? Or what made you think of that? And it's totally okay too for parents to say, I, I'm so happy you asked that. And I really want to make sure I give you a clear answer. So let's talk about this and then tell them that, you know, at night before bed or tomorrow morning or whenever the time is. And then if you're thinking, oh my goodness, like, oh, I need to go research. I need to ask someone. I need to like, make sure I say it right. Then it, it buys you some time, but you do have to make sure that you go back and talk to your child because I, I mean, we talked about mistakes earlier, but that is a mistake that some parents make is they'll say, oh, we'll, we'll talk about this when you're older. We'll talk about this later. And then they never circle back. And unfortunately, then that gives your child, um, you know, the sense that like, you're not a reliable source. This topic isn't something that they can come to you and talk about. And they're going to start going other places for the information because they've asked you and you didn't, you know, provide the information. Ooh, we. This conversation has been bringing up a lot. And I'm definitely interested in hearing from you all about how this is making you feel thus far. When we return from this short commercial break, I'm going to continue my interview with Casey and we're going to go deeper, if that is even possible. But it is. We'll be right back. I'm Janelle B. Stewart, and you're listening to the Look on the Bright Side podcast. Support for the Look on the Bright Side podcast comes from Jesse Monroe Nail Care. If you're a girly girl and you love taking care of yourself, you want to pamper yourself and make yourself feel beautiful, check out jessiemonroenailcare.com. Jesse Monroe Nail Care is a woman-owned black business offering vegan nail polishes that all can wear. They offer so many colors to choose from and they are all beautiful. Trust me, I personally have 
many of the Jesse Monroe Nail Care nail polishes in my collection. So let me help you out by giving you three of my favorite colors. First is Come Through, next is Polar Bear, and last is Keep It Mellow. Go and check out jessiemonroenailcare.com and use code BRIGHTSIDE20 to save 20% on your entire order, excluding bundles. If you're a book lover like I am, you probably have a pile of books on your bookshelf collecting dust. I mean, I want to read them, but I'm just too busy. Well, I found a way to read books without actually reading them. It's not magic. It's called Audible. Audible is a membership service that provides customers with the world's largest selection of audiobooks, as well as podcasts, exclusive originals, and more. I opened my Audible account in 2017, and since then, I've listened to almost 200 audiobooks. Most of the books I listen to are by Black authors such as Carl Weber, Christina C. Jones, Tiffany Haddish, Gabrielle Union, First Lady Michelle Obama, Francesca Ramsey, Taraji P. Hempson, Jennifer Lewis, and Elaine Welteroth. But I also really love a romance novel, honey. I also love business and self-help books. Getting an Audible membership is one of the best decisions I ever made because I can listen to audiobooks while I carpool my kids or make dinner, do the laundry, watch my kids at their extracurricular activities, or while I'm getting work done in my office. Every month I get one Audible credit to pick any title I want and I get to keep it forever, even if I cancel, which I never will. Plus, I get to select two Audible originals from the monthly selection. I can listen to podcasts, access daily news digest, and listen to some guided meditation if I wanna get my zen on. You have to try out Audible. And you can even try it out for 30 days free, seriously free. When you visit audibletrial.com slash Janelle B. Stewart, you'll get one credit to get any title and you can access all the features that I have for free. If you're not sure what to get with your first credit, I highly recommend you get Will by Will Smith. You will love it. He reads it the best I've ever seen anyone read an audiobook. Visit audibletrial.com slash Janelle B. Stewart. The link is in my show notes. And let's start reading, or shall I say listening. (laughs) Hey loves, welcome back to the Look on the Bright Side podcast. I'm Janelle B. Stewart. And before the commercial break, Casey and I were just finishing up part of the conversation around how children are going to seek out sex education if we don't provide it to them. Now we're going to go into my next question where I'm asking Casey a question about her upbringing. Let's hear what she has to say. What is something you wish your parents knew when talking to you about sex? Um, I wish they knew that talking is better than not. <laughs> right. Like, I, I mean, truly, they, they barely said anything. I did get some information from school. But there, there's only about half the states in the United States um, mandate sex education. Mm. So a lot of parents will think, oh, well, they'll just get it at school. But mm-hmm. a lot of states don't even mandate it. And then out of the ones that do, I think only 18 require the sex ed to be like medically accurate. Mm. So like comprehensive and medically accurate. So there's like, a huge range of information that kids could be getting or may not be getting at all. And so I just wish my parents had realize the importance of talking and that Mm. everything didn't have to be like 
sex, 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 like relationship conversations count, consent conversations count, you know, body awareness conversations, puberty conversations. Like I just wish that they had felt more comfortable um, because there was a lot of times that I felt uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then I, I felt like I couldn't talk to them. And then, yeah, I was asking friends at school or like, you know, looking in the encyclopedia or, you know, and kids are just Googling it now. So they have Mm -hmm. much different access than we did, but yeah, I wish they had just, I wish they had just normalized it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I remember there's four kids in my family and I remember fighting and my brother got kicked and he said, Oh, I think he yelled my balls or something like that. And then Mm -hmm. he got in huge trouble. And my mom's like, wait, don't say that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, what do you want me to call it? And like, all of us were like, I don't know. Right. We didn't even know, you know, like the right words. Um, I remember babysitting a young boy who was learning to potty train as a teenager. And the mom was like, you're going to have to push his penis, you know, into the toilet. And I was like, I never heard the word penis. Right. You know, and I was like 15 years old babysitting. And so I just wish that, (laughs) you know, like even some of these conversations that happened so that I wasn't so shocked. I wasn't so surprised. And I wasn't um, searching for information elsewhere that I could have yeah. gone to them and just built that, you know, closer relationship because you really do bond with your kids over these conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that that's a really good reflection. And I really hope that the listeners kind of can feel that same um, longing from their own childhood and move forward and pay it forward and making sure that we do that for our kids. And I love how you broke down it's not just sex, it's relationships, it's consent, you know, it's all of these things beyond just having actual sex. Intercourse is not the only thing that is a part of this conversation. Yeah, right. And there's, yeah, yeah, there's so many aspects to it. And it's, like I said, like comparing it with reading. It's so, there's so many things that you have to, or you should be, covering with your kids that leaving it to one conversation or leaving it to chance that the school talks about it in the way that you hope you know (laughs) and and sharing family values for me is huge like around all of these conversations I want parents to know that they should be sharing their family values around you know touch and consent and relationships and contraception and all the things and and know then your kids know where you stand. They're more likely to share your family values mm-hmm. if you share them. <laughs> They're a lot less likely to, you know, share the family values if you never talk about them or if you yeah. only give them like the one warning, like you better never get pregnant or <laughs> you better, <laughs> like you better wait till you're married or whatever. And if that's the only conversation they ever have, then they don't hear like the true values and why that's important to your family. I would love to know what is the biggest mistake you've seen parents make when talking about sex with their kids? Yeah, I, and I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, so sorry if I'm repeating, but I think a lot of parents make the mistake of waiting until their kids are like a teenager to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say it's, ne- it's never too early, it's never too late. So it's, it's not like an irreversible mistake that you can't fix. Mm-hmm. but it's so much easier if you start small and just build upon it over time. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, Hey, remember when we talked about, Hey, remember when I want to tell you a little bit more um, instead of like your child going through all of their, you know, years of puberty, having to figure out everything on their own and being confused or terrified or unsure um, or learning about sex based on, you know, being in a situation 
where they're, you know, they don't know that they can say no, or they don't know how to use protection, that sort of thing. And so waiting and thinking like, oh, my kid isn't ready. They're not old enough, I think is a big, a big mistake and a big myth as far as like, our kids deserve the information. They are humans with bodies, their body parts have functions. <laughs> and we as a society, you know, as a human race, we're here because people have had sex, <laughs> right? We wouldn't be here without it. And so it, it's okay for kids to hear about it. Um, and again, you don't have to go into all of the details when they're young, but, but waiting to like unload all the information when they're older is definitely, they, they're gonna know more I'll just say this they're going to know more than you think they do and a lot of times it's too little too late they're like yeah thanks but I already know that or they've already found the information from another source and then you're not as credible um you know like I talked about that family value yeah well by the time I had had sex ed I knew all of that stuff um, and maybe I didn't 100% understand the science and the biology around everything, but I already knew what sex was. I already knew how you did it. I already knew how the, what could be the resulting repercussion, right? I had all the common street slang around all the words, right? I had already known all of those words. I was very well versed in it by the time we learned about it. And I didn't have very similar to your situation. I never had conversations with my parents about it ever. And so I've been doing my best to change it. And I try to find moments where my kid, my some every now and then my kids will do something that tells me, okay, we probably should have a talk about something soon. And I know that other parents feel that way as well when they start noticing things. And um, one of the things, because my daughter is older, I'm always very conscious of her understanding her body in a way that doesn't feel gross or, um, you know, bad. And so I speak with her about her vagina a lot. In this next part of the conversation, I spoke for about maybe five minutes with Casey about a very specific situation with my daughter Elle and I, with me teaching her ways to clean her vagina and how uncomfortable she was and how I was pretty shocked with her reaction. Anyway, if you are interested in hearing that full discussion, then become a patron because when you become a friend, an angel or a VIP, guess what? you get the full video podcast of all my interviews. So you'll get to hear that conversation along with any snippets and things I removed from this episode. All right, let's get back to Casey's reaction to what I said. And then she knows like, well, this is normal. This is a part of me. It's okay to touch my body, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's super empowering. And I think too, give her a mirror, let her look. Right. right. I didn't think I mean, about I, that. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't even know the word vulva until I was in college. Like I right. never even heard that. Term. Same here. I think it was later than college. I think it's been more like a social media thing that I've been hearing yeah. them say vulva on social media. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, and just with that, like even with my daughter, I'm teaching her, you know, vulva is the outside that includes, you know, the clitoris, the labia, mm-hmm. vaginal opening. And so she says my vagina hurts. Well, that's, internal I need to have her go see a doctor right Mm -hmm. I can't really do anything but if she says my vulva hurts well then you know let's take a bath or let's you know look and see what's going on but that's I mean just that to be able to say like this is what's happening (laughs) 
is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for kids to be able to pinpoint exactly like what the issue is and be able to tell you without fear. Yeah. So you can help them. Yeah. <laughs> so you're well, doing well, awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel I feel really um empowered by your page and a lot of the things that you're teaching. Um, so you keep doing exactly what you're doing um, because it is helping. And I want to end our podcast discussion today with a bang. What is the best piece of advice that you have for parents who haven't had the sex talk yet? Yes. Start <laughs> now. Start now. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be big. So if you're feeling nervous and you're like, I don't know if I can do this, start by saying the words out loud, like in the shower or driving, just like say penis or say sex or say, you know, say whatever word or phrase is like giving you hang up. Um, Say it out loud. The more you hear yourself say it, the less weird it sounds. And they're just words. Um, But we associate like this big thing with it. Um, And then if you're still feeling like, I don't know, write it out or talk it out with a partner, you know, a spouse or who are a friend talk it out. You might go, wow, that was a horrible conversation. I would never say that to my kid. I'm glad I got it out because I don't want to say that. Or maybe you're like, oh, that sounded really good. I could say that, you know? Um, and then if you're really struggling, like let's discuss it, you know, get a coach or get, get someone that you can work with. That's going to help you with the work, help you find the right words to say, because your kids need to hear from you and they're going to hear it from everywhere else. But to be able to filter out the noise and to be able to filter out, you know, what's false and what's fantasy and whatever, they need to be able to hear it from you and, and trust that you are a person that they can come to. Um, if we want to be their best teacher, we have to start teaching them. Yes, yes, yes. This has been great. So for everybody who is watching on the Patreon, I'm going to share Casey's Instagram so you guys can see some of the amazing things she has here. And then Casey, I know you offer a bunch of different things um, for your community. So can you just walk us through a little bit of what some of these things are here that I'm showing? Yeah, absolutely. So I just came out with a new ebook um, for Black Friday. It's talking confidently with your kids about porn. Porn is a huge topic, so important and really scary for a lot of us parents. And so I want to take the fear out of that. This ebook walks parents through. There's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of research and data in there. Um, And it talks about signs of when it's time to talk to your kids about porn and gives you conversation starters for getting through that and just really getting parents comfortable to a place where they can start those conversations. Um, So I'm super proud of that. I'm really excited. And I know that it's just going to help a ton of families. Um, the best way that I can support families is through my one-on-one coaching and small group coaching. So I offer different workshops throughout the month. Um, and I do one-on-one coaching with families, whether it's an emergency, like, ah, my kid just, you know, heard this word at school and now <laughs> I need to like troubleshoot. And so maybe it's like, you know, one hour conversation, or if you're like, okay, I need like the steps as my child's growing up, um, we can, have those conversations over several weeks as well to get you feeling comfortable. And there's a lot to unpack from our childhoods and things that we've grown up with. So I want to be there for you um, and not just have like a one and done um, conversation. I have um, another ebook I put out for families um, 
with either young children, they're called situation stories, either young children or differently abled children, um, specifically like on the autism spectrum, with Down syndrome, something like that. And I simplified, I simplified uh, the content. It's very clear. There's three different stories and helping kids understand um, that their body is their own. They um, get information about touch, about self-pleasure. Um, and so those are some topics that can be a little bit tricky um, for yeah. kids. And so I've broken them down and made them very simple. Um, so those are some of the biggest things I have going on right now. And then okay. I also have a free parent community on Facebook. So if oh. parents are like, I just need a place to jump in and like where I can feel safe and ask questions. Maybe they don't want to post them on Instagram mm -hmm. <laughs> because I get that. And so, yep, my, my um, community here for parents is called the birds and bees and everything in between. Um, because we know it's not just about birds and bees, right? right, right. <laughs> so we have a Facebook community here of um, families and parents where you can ask questions and I give support. I go live and do certain videos and things like that for the parents. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. So everything that Casey's talking about for the podcast listeners, I'll make sure to put all of the resources there so that you all have access to it. For those of you who are watching, you were able to see some of the, what it looks like. And of course you can grab the links as well. Casey, I just want to thank you so much for the work that you're doing to continue to, su to support parents and having these conversations. You all need to check out her Instagram. You will not be disappointed. It is so good. Her stuff is really engaging and she talks about these things in a really fun way. So she's someone you should know. Tell your friends about her because we need for everyone to be having these conversations with our children so that we can create a generation of kids that are comfortable, confident, making great choices. And like the study show, talking about it is not going to cause them to do it. In fact, it causes them to do better things and make better choices like Casey's at the beginning so let's talk about it and if you you know share this episode with others so they can listen in as well and Casey do you have any final words you want to say before we wrap it up I just want to say you've got this don't don't doubt yourself you have got this and you're gonna it's okay to stumble along the way I mean think about how many times we've messed up as parents about all all the things but we have to start in order to get better so You've got this, you can do it. And I am here to support if anybody needs that extra support. Now I know you guys are going to have a lot to say about this discussion and I just cannot wait to hear what you say. I'm looking forward to reading your tweets and Instagram posts and IG stories. Be sure to tag me. I'm at Janelle B. Stewart everywhere. If you love this podcast, here's three simple ways you can support it. Leave me a review. It's free and your reviews help to improve my podcast ranking on Apple Podcasts. Next, share this podcast with others. Also free and easy to do with the click of a button on your mobile phone. And lastly, become a patron and support this podcast so that it can continue to grow and help others live more abundantly. With that, I hope you all have a great week. And as always, I love you for listening. Bye.